Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Okay, welcome everyone to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am joined by someone who is on a mission to define and lead clear go-to-market strategies and market communications plans on a global level. So coming to us from Zurich, Switzerland, Karin Samoylova. So I'm not exactly sure in which language to greet you. So I'm just going to say Grüezi miteinander. Herzlich willkommen. Um, Salamat Natang. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. I'm delighted to be here. It was great to be connected, Karen. And I love how we started this uh, this conversation with, uh, you know, talking about our, our our children and about our our multicultural background. And it's, uh, it's, it's always nice to find somebody on the other side of the world and, uh, you know, with whom you have these uh, types of commonalities, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. You know, I think that's how we met, right? Like how we got connected through LinkedIn. I think someone posted a question about how many languages do you know? And yes, I answered there. And then I think that's where you contacted me and also said that you speak multiple languages. And it was, yeah, uh, yeah it was great. It's, it's great. So we have it's, that kind of similarity. <laughs> it's amazing, right? So thank you, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's get started. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So, um, Kevin, you you know you posted something on LinkedIn, and I believe it was like it was a while back. But that post got some great engagement. So, I believe the topic was about the difference between a go-to-market strategy and a communication strategy. So, can you elaborate on that post a little bit further? Yeah, well, you know, I think that post got really good engagement because it was a good balance between like these three different elements. You know, it was approachable, it was educational, and there was kind of a sprinkle of, you know, curiosity or openness, let's say, you know, so approachable meaning that that, that image of myself, I put something personal there, and then I shared my own insights, right, on um, what are the key elements of a go-to-market strategy and what are the key elements of a communication strategy? Because I feel like, you know, in many organizations, smaller ones might not even have any of the either two or it's happening more ad hoc. And then there are other examples where there's a mixture of both. Um, and I just wanted to really like clearly define there, you know, look, this is, these are the key elements here and the key elements there, but I left it also quite, open too, because, you know, you need to see like, what is the right product launch strategy for your organization? And you can adapt it to, you know, I'm a big uh, believer of be being pragmatic and seeing, okay, you can take the key elements of a go-to-market strategy and then build upon that, the communication strategy. But first you need to have a go-to-market strategy. So I think that was the reason why um, the, engage the, the post got a lot of engagement. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that's, that's, uh, that's very interesting. So basically uh, what you were also trying to explain was, um, you know, which one comes first. It's, and it's not even a chicken or the egg question, right? It's you develop the go-to-market strategy first and then followed by uh, communications, right? Exactly. You need to do that groundwork first. Mm -hmm. So in order to 
develop a impactful product launch strategy or go or you know have a successful product launch you need to do first the go-to-market strategy where you're going to define the why you're going to define exactly um yeah what is the main innovation the product is going to bring to the world and then from there you need to really do the research to create your value proposition and then with all of that you're going to make the magic happen right you're going to bring that into a story and push it out to the world and i think that's such an important part of it and i think many just don't don't realize how important it is to first do that groundwork right to research your mcc i call it you know the market competitors and the customer right before you can really build strong value propositions that you're going to push out to the world and um, so that the customer feels like okay yeah this product speaks to me and this is worth my attention right absolutely absolutely wait hang on a second so are you trying to say that you can't just launch the product and the product will sell itself because that's just how good it is. <laughs> oh, Christian, this this deserves like a whole podcast on its own. This like, a separate you know, interview. It's, <laughs> it's like <laughs> there have been really lots of instances where, you know, the, the product team comes on and say, hey, we've got this great product. Please put it on the website. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. No, this is not how we're gonna we're gonna do it. And um, there needs to be more work to be done. And you need a framework, and that's gonna help you to manage that and control the process from A to Z when you launch your product. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Speaking of which, um, talking about common mistakes and misconceptions when it comes to go to market and communication strategies. Talk about some of the ones that you've seen out there and what do you think uh, marketers can do to address these? And you brought some of them up already. Yeah, well, I'm gonna start with one. It's pretty like, you know, um, you know, there's in marketing, there's the four Ps, right? And it is really important to focus on those, but it's not only that. You're gonna have to work more than just the four Ps. You're going to have to build in the processes and you need to build that story. Today, more than ever, you need to have that story to, to be heard in that world full of noise, right? It's not, sure, you need the product, you need the, the pride, know the price, you need to know the channels you're gonna, use, gonna push the product out, you know, the, the place and promotion. Um, but there's so much more to that. It's not less, let's build a product brochure and put it up on the website or um, let's do a little press release and, and that's it. And no, there's, there's uh, much more to that. And I think um, that's one of the misconceptions that, you know, that's happening in, in many organizations that, yeah, it's enough to have the products and know the details of around that and um, okay, go ahead and put it on the website or, or so, uh, and that's it. Um, so I think that's one of the misconceptions, um, that are, that is, that is clear. I mean, you know, there was an article in Inc, I think that, that stated that 95% of new products fail. And part of the list of issues that contributed Not to these 90, failure rates, 95, 95%, yes. So, and, and they contributed to, to, you know, parts of the, 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 the issues that contributed to this failure rate is that there were lack of processes or bringing in marketing, not bringing in marketing from the start of product development. So that was also part of my job at in my previous um, previous job uh, in my previous company 
where I had to build a go-to-market strategy sample from scratch and then also build it into the gate process, right? To make sure that in the beginning of the product lifecycle or when the product is being developed on gate zero and one, you need to already go through the go-to-market strategy, already draft that go-to-market strategy and get the insights from marketing so that, you know, you can really challenge the value propositions. Like, are we really looking at the key features that we need to make this product successful on the market? Like, okay, you know, sometimes, you know, the product team and the project managers are like really focused on the resources and, and they're thinking of, okay, you know, this feature is, uh, is possible. We can, we can create that feature, but then um, maybe that other feature is really going to be the key differentiator and make that product unique and, um, and special that the customer is going to really be like, wow, I need this product. Right. So, yeah, I think it's such a important thing to also consider that in, in the whole process you know like assuming that you know why your customer picked your product right so there's a lot of you know assumptions out there like you know you're of course you're like busy you know getting the proof points um when you're you have a prospect you're getting the proof points you're setting up meetings you're you're setting up demos and you're um you know, just really busy making sure that the customer's happy. And then when the contract is finally signed off and, and someone Mario is going to ask like, okay, uh, do you know why the customer chose us? And, and then they're just like, um, yeah, they've mentioned some things, but it's not really like a hundred percent guarantee. They, it was, it's out of the discussion, it gets kind of clear that, you know, that they haven't really, they don't really know hundred percent. Right. So um, I think that's really important to, to understand that it's maybe just worth getting on those customer calls as a marketer and um, asking directly, why, why did you choose us, right? Um, what, made, what made the product, what feature from the product made you decide that this is it, you know? And um, another misconception is when that creating messaging for the product is easy. You know, there was like many instances where like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll need five minutes to build the messaging for the product. <laughs> and, and again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier that you need to do the groundwork. You need to do the research. You need to understand the, the market, the, the competition, and also your customer base and find out, okay, what is the product and um, customer fit and what are the gains and what are the pains of the customer? And then how do you address those with the product? And then create the, that, that value proposition that you then um, use in your messaging and in your story and then in your communication strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mean the value proposition cannot be about your proprietary technology? <laughs> <laughs> You, you brought some really great points and I wanted to go back to, I had two follow-up questions, um, you know, based on your points. So one is, um, and you kind of mentioned it in the past couple of minutes, but um, do you think a lot of the times uh, why these mistakes uh, happen is because um, there seems to be, and, and, and not necessarily pointing fingers at any specific group, but there seems to be a lack of the knowledge of the customer's actual need and how that product or that solution can fulfill that need. Um, also, probably um, the buyer's journey, because as we all know, uh, in B2B, it tends to be a relatively nonlinear, uh, highly complex, uh, I'm going to call it an yeah. ecosystem. I mean, if you look at these, uh, if you look at these reports, like from Gartner or, or whatnot, I mean, it's a super complicated buying process, right? Um, 
So yeah, so that would be my first question. Yeah, there's definitely multiple touch points. I mean, that's why it's so hard to even understand what, when, when did the customer decide, you know? Um, sometimes it can be very obvious, you know, like uh, I can speak from my experience with Bird where we did a co-marketing campaign and then afterwards we had other customers calling us and like, oh, we want the exact same product that you announced and, and the meeting just went smoothly. And so there it was really, uh, really clear where, where the marketing um, campaign gave direct mark, um, return on investment in, in millions. But um, yeah, but then uh, usually you don't know. You don't know really where was the deciding factor, where was the point where they, they decided, yes, that's it. You know, there's so multiple touch points, and especially today where most people are spending time in front of the PC, in front of their phones, or not anymore, you know, commuting or, or in meetings as much or, or, or in trade shows or on the, on the phone. You know, it's really like, you need, it's through these marketing, digital marketing content that where you see on the social media or in a webinar or, or a press release or, you know, so many different touch points where um, one customer might have read about your product and your organization or your business. And um, that as a whole has helped them make that decision, right? It's so nuanced, you know? Um, but that's why it gets really important again to make sure you have the research, make sure your messaging is really rock solid and then integrating it into the different assets and, and pushing that out so that, that it's really consistent um, throughout the journey. Also internally outwards, you know, when sales speak, that they're all speaking the same language. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love how you brought up the part about market research, because that's a nice segue into the next question about the importance of conducting research. And I'm going to ask another question on top of that question, at least from your experience, Karen, do you feel that sometimes in B2B, they kind of treat conducting research as optional? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And of course, I know, I, I, and I understand, you know, it takes a lot of resource and time and effort. And then, you know, in the real day to day, are so busy and, you know, products getting launched one after another and so many and there's a lot of people to get aligned and get the key stakeholders involved. And, and I understand, you know, in that day to day that it gets difficult and you have to choose your priorities. But in order to have a successful product launch and to really resonate with your target audience. It's really going to help to do that research. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and most important of all, it's, it's so that you can um, develop these products and then take them to market without, you know, by, and, and avoid the guesswork, I think is what I was trying to say. Yes. Because I've seen that personally happen where um, a product team and a marketing team launch the product to market based on their own experience, um, which in some cases might be a little bit outdated, right? Because yeah, if you're talking yeah. about like experience from like 10 years ago, well, then it's probably not really relevant right now, right? No, and no. And, it, and especially in your in your current line of work, I mean, it's constantly evolving. It's technology, right? So it's... um. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's why like for the go to market strategy, it's like, it's a living document, right? You yeah. know, when something pops up in the market, you know, you need to adjust. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you talked about this a little bit earlier in the conversation, but you know, just going back to the parts and the different elements that are needed um, in a go to market strategy. 
and mm. communication strategies. So maybe just top level, can you uh, can you give us a bit of a breakdown? Yeah, I mean, first with the go to market strategy, I mean, let's let's start with the definition. And when I was looking back in eight, 10 years ago, I was looking, okay, for a definition. And I found a pretty good one that I still like, you know, it's saying that a go to market is a plan of an organization utilizing their inside and outside resources, for example, your sales team, your distributors or partners to deliver their unique value proposition to customers and achieve competitive advantage. I really like that definition because it focuses on creating the value proposition by and then using the inside and outside resources to you know communicate that outwards and to to make it in every stage of your product launch and each asset and each activity part of part of it you know that value proposition so it's really clear and that you know we're humans we're gonna hear it once but you need to hear it several times to really get it you know and and here it's that's that's part of that go-to-market strategy so that's that's a definition so and and then the key elements right so from here it's from my experience like I said before, it's good to start from the beginning, you know, start in the beginning of when the product is being kicked off and accepted in an organization that's usually happening gate zero or one or in other organizations more, you know, ad hoc, you can feel, you know, it has to be a few, at least around six months in advance, you know, around that time frame. And the key elements of the, the go-to-market strategy, you know, I have like even an abbreviation for myself to just, you know, always remember. So that's the WC. M, right? So it's really sequential steps. You have to think of first why, the why of why do you need a go-to-market strategy? Is it a new product that's going into existing markets or is it a new product going into uh, new markets or is it an updated product that's going into new markets? Uh, if it's an updated product going to an existing market that the customer really knows, um, then more or less, you're not really going to have to need to have a full-blown go-to-market strategy going on maybe a marketing plan but yeah so that's the the why to find the why why do you need a go-to-market strategy and then also what is the, the big innovation that your product is is um providing you know to your uh, target audience and um and then next with the c is create value proposition really you know research your mcc so your market competitor and your customer and then understand the product customer fit you know define the key messages and also and then you go to the next step where it's and you build make the magic right happen so that's where you build that story and then you will decide on the different assets and activities where you're gonna weave that story into in, in inside those assets and and activities and then um and then yeah you'll have to then of course you know review that and see what are the key kpis that you're going to look at um, and that's where there's this, then the part where the communication strategy has to come over and you're going to make that magic happen. You know, you're going to take that story and message key messages, um, and define which assets you're going to use and which activities you're going to do, right? If it's like a big product launch, you need the whole package. And then if it's a more minor launch, then a more smaller package and and then defining in the advance also what performance indicators you're going to look at um, as a benchmark and then um, and reviewing it, you know, and then, of course, uh, you know, 
involving the team, the rest of the team that's and aligning and um, executing. So, so I, so that's basically the difference between, you know, the key elements of the go-to-market strategy and a communication strategy. Okay. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. I'm going to ask you something only because you've brought it up a couple of times, right? <laughs> like it's, um, you talked about like you've got to tell that story and, uh, you know, uh, convey that story and deliver that story. So I'm going to go back and ask you, like, um, explain a little bit more uh, what is in this story. Like, uh, like again, like um, I'm trying to use that that technical analogy where you try to like, um, you know, if you get a TV and then you open it up and break it down into its parts, right? What that story yeah. looks like. Sure, let me break it down. I mean, it's it's quite straightforward, but I guess not as such for us. So it's good that you raised that because um, it's not that easy, especially in B2B marketing. And I think in technical companies, it's more like, okay, here's a list of features. Let's create the benefits and then create the assets, you know? But um, for instance, for a press release and for, you know, your presentations, if you're going to do webinars, it's so helpful to have that story and that, that story is basically, you know, looking at the trends, the market, and then that's the context. And then your product, how does that, your product kind of fit in the context? And then how does it fit to the customer or how does it answer their customer needs? So it's that fusion of those three things, you know, so market trends, uh, your products, highlights, and the customer needs. And then that's the key. Yeah, that's the, the key. Those are the key elements, basically, when building that story. Um, and that's that's why it's, again, really good to have that research, right? So that's where it's going to help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love how you brought that up about like, you know, how it should focus on the customer. It reminds me, I don't know if you've read the book, but there, there's a book out there by a guy called Donald Miller, and it's about building your story brand. And um, basically, he uses the same principles in storytelling. And this is applicable to marketing across the board. But um, I think what I'm trying to get out of here is he was using the uh, the story format that you see if you read any type of mythology around the world. Right. So it's basically where, you know, you make the customer the hero. Right. So basically the format is um, a hero has a problem, meets a guide who has a solution um, that um, prompts him to take action so that he or she succeeds and avoids failure. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it was so interesting how, like, when you just explained it a couple of minutes ago, how how um, your explanation just kind of fit beautifully into that into that formula, so so to speak. Right? Yeah, it's usually like that, right? In a story, you know, if you look, uh, read a book, there's always going to be, you know, the problem and yes. the, the, the main character who's who has this issue and then goes through this. And then it goes through these different phases of the story where you go, by, builds up, builds up, builds up, and there's a peak. And then it's like 
goes down. So, um, yeah, I think I didn't see it in that, you know, it's good that you kind of connected that to that. So I like that. But if that's how it works. Unless, of course, you're um, referring to Game of Thrones where everything is super <laughs> anticlimactic and, like, <laughs> and, and you feel that the outcome is predictable, but it's not. But that's a, that's a, different, um, that's a different story entirely. But um, Karen, we are getting to the point in the conversation where I ask my guests for actionable tips. Yeah. Mm. And uh, let's uh, let me just set this up here. All right. Because let's uh, also appreciate that not everything that you do in your field of work can be done overnight. Right. This isn't something that can, you know, you have a 48 hour turnaround, but there are some things that B2B marketers can do right now to address some of these challenges that they're having. So that's the question. Yeah. Right? So what are some immediate steps that B2B marketers can take to improve the way mm. they develop? both a go-to-market strategy and a communication strategy. So talk about what they should focus on. What are some quick wins? Right. Yeah, I think there'll be three points that I'm going to share today. I think first is make sure you have a template or a framework. This is for your peace of mind. It's really to reduce your stress levels and frustration levels. Have a framework and if you don't have one, get one. There are experts out there, professionals out there that have a proven template for a go-to-market strategy or a communication strategy. And go get one or create one. Sit down like back then when I created one from scratch, eight, 10 years ago, I sat there with head of marketing and head of product strategy and we're like, okay, what are the key things that we have to look at? And then it evolved. So, so you can try that, but it's going to take some time or you just go out there and find one. And, and that's one, one of my recommendations, right? So you can start feeling like you have a control over the process of your product launch. And second one would be get more on customer calls. Get more on customer calls. And I know that it takes time to build credibility in an or if you're in an organization, you know, to build credibility and trust so that, you know, um, either sales organizes that call or, or you just sit in one of those calls, but don't give up and ask for it. So you can start today by asking to get more on customer calls, just listen in first. And then eventually maybe you can then ask your questions. That way you get firsthand input from the customer instead of it being that that conversation being filtered through by different people like the sales person or so even though yeah it's great to get that view perspective from sales but it's going to be a totally different story if you're going to have that direct conversation with the customer so that you can ask your marketing questions yeah so definitely i would recommend that as a second thing um and then third experience the product and I think I once posted that on LinkedIn and then someone like, oh, but it's not sometimes easy to do that. And, da, da, da. and I understand not every form of product, but at least one form of the product or legacy product that your company produces. That way can really understand the customer's pains and gains and really understand, okay, how does it feel like? I mean, go join that programming course, even though you're going to be the idiot in the room perhaps because you don't have the technical background, but even just going through that process and trying it out, you understand kind of 
what is customer going through? What was the customer going through? The the different steps and um, get a feel of it firsthand. And that's where you can then really build a story, right? You're going to be understand the different, you know, usually when you're going to write something about a product without knowing it, it's, you're going to get 80% of it, you know, but that rest of the 20% that really matters, really shows that you understand the customer. It's really going to help to experience the product. So I really would recommend as a third thing to try to experience a product, like one form of it, not every type of it and feature. I understand that gets them a bit overwhelming, but at least some of it, you know? So that would be the three things that I would recommend that B2B marketers should do straight away. And if you do that, I can promise you, you're going to be ahead of the game. Those are some pretty solid tips, I have to say. Um, You made me think of at least uh, two follow-up questions as you were uh, giving your recommendations. I think the first one, and this is not necessarily to play devil's advocate, but I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can answer this. Um, the proven template piece, right? So there are some people, uh, even in my own experience as a marketer that have, um, that are opposed to always giving people templates to follow. Um, and part of that reason might be because, um, you know, things change so quickly. Although a part of me feels that this refusal to use templates is actually just creating more work uh, for the marketers, uh, further down the road but um anyway enough about me uh what are your what are your thoughts on that look as i said i'm really pragmatic it's template is not rigid you know mm-hmm. like all the templates that i bring to the uh, to the company or like for instance to abb robotics where i work it's not you know it's a team first of all it's t- you get team input and different stakeholders and each organization is different and all the different things are important but then also product launches are different too. So you're going to not use each element, perhaps. You're going to skip maybe some of them. You know, there's, you, there's a blown out template and then you're going to see what works for this launch. But then there are those key elements that you will see yourself that those are important, that that's, an, you know, non-negotiable. So it's going to give you a place where you can start, right? You know, instead of just you know, stress overload, like, oh, I'm being ad hoc and, you know, we're human, you know, so we, that just gives you a framework. It's a guide. It's the go-to document where everyone's going to get aligned and you can just use it as what works for that moment and that product. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No. So that was my first question. Um, And and the second one is um, going, you know, to the part about like experiencing the product. So it's interesting that you brought up that point because, um, I had somebody, someone else on the show, it was about a week or so ago. Um, and he was coming from a place where he said that it's important for marketers, and I'm sure you agree with this, to highlight the impact that their efforts are making to the business. And part of how they should be doing that is, um, and he encourages marketers to go and take um, a uh, finance course for non-financial people, right? So basically marketers, and, and I'm, and I'm yes. one of those where I, I, you know, finance is not my favorite topic, but I, I, I did, I did learn it for the same reason. You have to know how to read a PNL because you have to understand how the company makes money, right? Yes. So your thoughts yes. on that? Because you know, totally. I, I, think, I, I think there's two camps in in the marketing world. Oh <laughs> yes, no, that's gonna help you so much. You know, I mean. 
it's I'm so thankful for my experience when I was working at Puma in retail. I was um, the assistant, well, well, retail coordinator to the head of uh, EMEA Retail. And, you know, we were looking through the P&Ls together and I was helping him with doing that. And that was, I'm so glad for that experience because there was already the crash course on everything. You know, I was asking my questions and I was going to finance department too and how, and, and try to find the discrepancies and so forth. So no, that has helped me so much too, to understand. And I, I agree with you. That's going to help really much to understand, you know, what matters for the business, what, what your CEO of your company cares about. <laughs> no profit margin EBIT. so yeah that's that's definitely good advice uh, absolutely absolutely uh okay so as they say you know the implementation of a campaign is or or the initiatives are just as important as the strategy so you know you've given us so many great tips so far but what are some specific metrics that marketers uh, should be looking at when it comes to go to market and communications and maybe again mm. just top level because you can go nuts here and have so many types of metrics and attribution right so oh yeah yeah i mean like i said you know you got to look at some key performance indicators um but i take it also for as a you know with a grain of salt you know i believe in gathering and looking at data it's good and it's a really good, you know, like can I say relative indicator, but it's not an absolute indicator. You know, there's some non-negotiable assets that you're going to have to do for any product launch. Um, and then you got to relieve also some room for creativity too. Um, but we we do look at uh, metrics such as, you know, social media engagements, you know, the webinar participants and attendees, and then like more qualitative, like how, what questions were asked and, um, and then we go to another main marketing asset, for instance, um, product launched, a uh, product brochures, how many were downloaded, the traffic to the product web page, and, and all of those usual metrics that give you a really good indicator, like, okay, how was that launch? You know, you look at it from the day of launch till a month out, but then again, also, you know, really really like tied in with the metrics too you got to look at you know marketing has also long lasting impacts and and it i think we're going to talk about it also later um that you have to see that sometimes you're going to have activities after product launch and they're going to give a really good return on investment there that's also really important of course obvious metric that you want to look at you know what how is it impacting the revenue how many products were sold uh, sold in that period of time in that one year time frame but in a month it's a bit hard so you know there's like these different levels that i i'd like to i look at you know one month after the launch those key metrics um, and then also a year later you know, where I go revisit again and, and check those those metrics and also other impacts that really influence the business. Um, and I think also worth mentioning is also qualitative metrics, such as those looking at the customer journey. It's really important seeing, okay, what are the typical touch points that you will see for this product? And then analyzing that and seeing, okay, where does it, where, is it worth investing your resources in? You know, like where do you should you invest time and resource? And for instance, um, if you see that the the, the customer is going to be for sure, I wonder how do you use the product 
then for sure sometime in your your campaign or um or product launch or afterwards you're going to have to make a user guide uh, video if you really want to do uh, even better impact for or better experience for your customer so yeah that's kind of like uh, i guess the nutshell of the key metrics that um topic okay okay well i mean uh yeah and, and and i and i tend to agree with that you know like it's interesting um the qualitative aspect um in in many in many cases how little airtime that gets because of the fact that it can't be measured i mean at least not the way that you know you look at a spreadsheet or a chart of data right it's a little bit harder to measure like like you know as you said like uh when you conduct in-depth customer interviews for example right how, how to measure that, for instance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, there's also depending on your business, right? You're gonna look at how fast you converted that that lead. And so, yes. yeah, you can really go far on this topic, <laughs> like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yet, yet another podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, well, and here, here comes a question that you and I have been discussing, uh, like a, a, at least for a day or two. Um, a status quo that you passionately yes. disagree with, and why? I want to say, well, to this question, I my response will be that I think the usual status quo is investing a lot of time and effort in organizing a product launch you know, up towards the day where it really peaks, the efforts peak, and then you, you, you push it out to the world and then you hear crickets. It's just quiet and you don't hear a peep. I think that is such a waste and you need to continue the momentum, whether it's, and then it's not just social just posting again on social media i think there you need to work with the product manager work with the team and see okay look what is happening in the in the back end you know what are the, what are the activities happening with the customer what, what are the opportunities that we have to relaunch or make another and you know communication or another marketing activity to again do another peak you know and bring it back to life and continuing that momentum right so i think that's a huge status quo that i i try to fight against and again it's a big battle because there's lots going on more products to launch and and it continues but it's always like when you have that time go back okay what have we launched check in ask those questions and see if if there's an opportunity again to to um, make some noise again i i tend to agree with that what, what i'm gonna say is that that's a pretty strong current you're swimming against there <laughs> and i think, I think yes. a lot of I, I think a lot of it also has to do with and i'm sure you've had the same experience um there's a lot of this uh inside out versus outside in are going on because like you know they're they're mm. they're launching this product and everybody internally is getting so excited and it's going to market and what sometimes people internally don't realize is that maybe the market doesn't know or 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 or, or maybe they don't maybe they don't care right and um and then when and then as, as you said then suddenly there's crickets and everybody's like well what's happening how come there's no momentum right yeah and you're yeah. absolutely right that you know you shouldn't I mean, to, to use that english expression not lose steam right it has to it has to keep going right it has to because the launch itself the launch itself is um 
is is not necessarily going to be the the one that you know uh makes those big waves that everybody's hoping for internally right <laughs> exactly exactly christian because yeah and that's why you need to again repeat do the uh, repurpose the content yeah. um find opportunities like you know write a white paper or do yeah. another webinar after the product has been in the market and see like get the responses from customers and build a story around that so yes. yeah there's there's a lot that you can do and that's that's why i think it's i'm a big believer of that <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, as long as you believe that you've got plenty of work to do. <laughs> plenty of work. That's, that's, that's yeah. the downside of it, right? <laughs> it's, it, it can be, it can be the downside, but it can also be an opportunity, right? Yeah. It can, yeah, it can be an opportunity. No, for definitely. You to, yeah, yeah. To, uh, to stand uh, out. To stand out. Going to back stand to what you B2B. said in the beginning. Yeah. B2B marketer, you know, if you, you want to create new visibility or you want to, yeah, make a difference, then the, there are opportunities there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Karen, this has been an amazing conversation, uh, you know, as expected. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing your expertise um, with the uh, listeners. So quick intro to yourself and how people out there can get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, if, if you don't know, uh, my name is Karen Samoylova and you can find me on LinkedIn. I am a B2B marketer. I've been doing B2B marketing as a product communications manager for eight, 10 years uh, in, in high tech companies, startup, mid-size to large corporations. Today, I'm working for ABB Robotics. I am very passionate about, you know, translating key features into value propositions and building a framework to help launch your product with a bang. So if you have any questions or you want to connect, just go out and reach out to me. Um, go ahead and reach out to me and on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Christian. It's been such so much fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, I had a blast, but um, so once again, Thanks so much for coming on. Um, vielen Dank. Um, terima kasih. <laughs> vielen so, Dank, Christian. Yeah. Um, so take care, stay safe, and um, talk to you soon. Thanks. Take Bye care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.